You're listening to Inside the Minds Podcast with Dante Marsh and Ryan Hyde, where we talk about sports, life, and whatever the hell else we want to talk about. Actually, the receiver coach who I spoke with, who I used to work with, who we were ta- just talking about, he told me that like two thirds of the league is juicing the NFL. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And because he's like, dude, I, I live with all those guys. And they're sitting there. To, he, he got in, he went into someone's uh, apartment that he moved into after one of his, some guy on, that, on, on his club at the Packers. And he's like, yeah, bro, there are like needles in the fucking closet. <laughs> and, Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, okay, these guys, like, obviously they're very gifted athletically. And that's not to say that they aren't, but there's, you look at some of these guys who play linebacker. I mean, they're four, five, four, five, forties, and like four, five, six, seven percent body fat, like 250 and six, five. Like, there's got to be some sort of, uh, there's got to be some sort of facilitant there. Oh, 100%. 100%. And then not only that, but their ability to come back from injuries on a dime. Right? Oh, like, bro. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. That's yeah. very true. Yeah. That's some, bro. Fucking Have you heard of deer antler spray? No, I haven't. But deer you need to tell spray. me about it. So deer antler spray is basically a, I don't know exactly what the natural breakdown of compounds or whatever it is, but the basis of it is it's, um, it's something that you can spray and they basically take like the velvet, the velvety kind of outside texture off of deer antlers. Yeah, you can, they do it in the form of they can from there once they get it they either put it in the pills or they put it in the spray, and the spray is put in your mouth, and the pills obviously just take normally. But the what it basically does is that it, I think it kind of just kicks your body into overdrive. Like Ray Lewis did take, took deer antler spray when he tore his triceps before an uh, AFC Championship game or something like that, and two weeks later he was playing in the Super Bowl. Like Holy you tear God. your tri- like you tear your triceps, man. Like you're not. Like that's that's not an easy injury to come back from. So when he started taking uh, deer antler spray along with his rehab, and it, he was able to come back. Wow, that 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 that's crazy, man. That's absolutely crazy. I gotta find me this stuff. Just kidding. No, dude, I, I was gonna start taking it, but a while ago. But you know, I don't know. I haven't I haven't done enough research on it because like if it like kicks you into overdrive, then I'm about it. But as long as it's not like replacing like a bodily function like your bodily body's ability to produce this chemical or this uh hormone like if it's like facilitating the natural development then yeah but if it's like replacing it then i'm not about that because like my body works pretty damn well right now so right exactly (laughs) and it's it's such a it's such a cop-out man it's such a cop-out i mean I, i got a buddy of mine 
uh, who's quite younger than me, who's into taking steroids and working out. And he was growing like a cyst on his, uh, on his pec. Ooh. Like, and, and just some crazy stuff. And, and he was lucky that his doctor um, agreed to help him through the process of getting through whatever he was going through. But I mean, you, you basically become a mad scientist with your, with your body. You do. You and, do, and it, bro. Like, what the hell? You know, I had, like, a, I had a friend, bro. Like I had, I had a friend who, uh, this is well, this isn't any of my old SC teammates. Just to, let me, pre- let me preface that by, let me preface it by saying that. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was a kid who my brother and I knew from our hometown of San Diego and he had like this shot then it has to be balanced out with that shot, which in turn has to be taken with this shot every three days. <laughs> just like, dude, what the hell? Yeah. Right. <laughs> so you're out. You're so right about the mad scientist. Thing. Yeah. And, and then, and then it's education found on the internet. Like that's how they're oh educating God, themselves yeah. to deal with their bodies. It's like, you have got to be kidding me. Yeah, I know so much for a medical degree, huh? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I got a buddy of mine who does steroids right now. He doesn't even, he doesn't even work out. I, I don't even know why he's doing steroids, man. What the hell for? I, I have no idea. And he's actually, he's pretty big. I could just imagine how big he would be if he started working out. Does nothing. Yeah. Injects himself. I was like, what are you doing? I wonder if any like college strength coaches juice. I mean, <laughs> like <laughs> these, these guys are huge. <laughs> Like right? they're huge like they're fucking brick houses yeah i mean you're a baseball fan i know that i'm older than you but i remember mark mcguire when i was a kid was pinner there was nothing to him and then he comes yeah. back you know a, a little bit of growth a little bit of growth he's huge same with barry bonds dude yes sir absolutely right and yeah. then the the rumors of uh uh Kinseco, um injecting oh, wow. mcguire in the ass <laughs> under the bleachers at the Oakland A's Stadium, like that's apparent how how it started. Apparently, you oh know? fuck, that is hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> I actually have. I don't know if I have it. No, it's downstairs. I have one of Kinseko's books. Um, I can't really? remember which one it is, but I should read it. I'm not a big reader, and then I got really busy with the college. But I need to read that book. Is it, is it like an autobiography or something? Yeah, yeah. It's the it's the tell all. The tell all of how he shot up. Mark McGuire in the ass with an you know a needle under the ble- under the bleachers of Oakland Coliseum, yeah. like come on, dude. You know what, dude? I, I I'm not trying to interrupt you, but as soon as you fucking we started talking water about bottles, this, not water bottles, different company. Literally just showed up. My girlfriend's dad just gave me a box. <laughs> fucking, I, I shit you not, like. This is like this company actually came with a bag, like they did. So I've got now I've got to mention them. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, mention away, man. All right, it's fucking. So it's called New Ethics. All right, bet. Nice. Protein powder, bro. If you want some protein powder, I'm sure I could hook it up for you. Yes, sir. I oh, actually yeah. had to cut protein powder out for school. Some costs have to go, and that was one of them. Whoop. Oh yeah, I see that. I feel. That. I mean, there's a bunch of different ways you can get it, so it's like, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, steak you know. and steak and chicken, man. I gotta figure out a place to, like, implement this. Let me see, what should I do? Should I do some gourmet greens right now? Yeah, yeah, let's okay. do that. On, on camera, yeah. man, on the podcast, let's okay. go. All right, there we go. 
All right, I got my new Essex stuff just came in. This is actually really cool. We're getting we're getting some exclusive shit right now, huh? <laughs> we're getting exclusive. Shout out fucking new ethics, dude. Like they really came through. This stuff looks really good. Nice. Ooh, that smells really good too, actually. Oh wow. Check this out. See if you can see it. It's red on the inside. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we saw it. Saw it here first. Uh, let's see. All right, let me put this bitch in there. All right, for our, our listeners, uh, we're sitting here right now with uh, Chris Kalk, uh, walk-on for UFC. Sorry, that's USC, not UFC. Let me get my pronunciation <laughs> there right. Uh, oh, yeah. how's, it, how's it going today, Chris? I'm great, Ryan. Thanks for having me on. Of course, I'm sorry it took so long. Uh, as we talked about earlier, uh, life throws you its curveballs, and you need to learn how to hit them. And uh, Absolutely. We're out here hitting them. Exactly, man. And you hit some some long bombs uh, for sure yourself. So, well, I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that. How's Looking that forward to stack and more of those long bombs for sure. Hell yeah. How's that tasting, buddy? Dude, it's actually really good. Is it wicked? Oh, it is wicked. <laughs> oh my gosh. For all those listening, New Ethics Gourmet Greens, I'll tell you what, man, you will not be disappointed. These taste really good. I just got them in the mail about five minutes ago. We got to try and get this in Canada. Oh, yeah. Do you think? I'm pretty sure they ship up there. Oh, yeah. I'll see, what, well, I'll see what I can do about getting you guys some. Thanks, man. Oh, and uh, we've been promised stuff, too, actually. Uh, Pat Militich. You know Pat Militich, right? That name sounds super familiar. UFC. So he fought in, like, UFC 5 and on, I believe it was 5. Anyways, we had him as a guest on the show, and he was trying to get us some stuff called Black... I don't even remember what it was for. He was promising us a bunch of stuff never showed up. So what, what, what was the, was it a supplement? Yeah, it was a supplement. Was it like a, uh, I'm not trying to get it, get at Pat Militage right now, obviously, but like, was it like a, like a normal supplement or was it like a UFC supplement? No, it was very normal. Yeah, no, it was okay. normal. Uh, something to do with, um, Oh my, that's like really a, good. Like a detox, detox, the detoxifier of some kind. Cool. So anyways, if that ever comes back and we ever hear about it, I'll let you know, man. Yeah, definitely. Please do. It's it's legit. So it, it's all good. It's it's definitely legal. That's great. Mm. You can't you can't you can't mess around with illegalities these days. No. I, would, I mean, why would you want to? Why would you want exactly. to? Exactly. We don't need to be mad scientists with our bodies. <laughs> no, we'll leave that for other people. Yeah. Even if somebody like Pat Militich tells me to take it, I'm, you know, sorry, Pat, but going to think twice. Yeah, completely agree. <laughs> Do your own research. <laughs> exactly. So, so Chris, let's uh, let's get into this a bit while we uh, we wait for Dante to finally show up. Um, talk to us a bit about your childhood. So, um, as I've mentioned a bunch of times before, football is a really late development for me. I uh, was always a baseball player. I mean, I never played like or I didn't play organized football until seventh grade until when I was high uh like parochial league and I and I wasn't Catholic but uh Catholic school like intramural flag football yeah and I played that for seventh and eighth grade and 
that's where I kind of got introduced to like organized football, even though it was such like a small scale, but I'd always loved catching passes and route running and doing all that kind of stuff with my dad or with my friends or with my brother. So football, like as my, as it relates to my childhood definitely was, there was a huge component of it, but it wasn't in the sense of like, you're going and playing pop Warner or you're traveling to the IE for tournaments and that kind of stuff. So that's kind of how my childhood, at least as related to football goes. Okay. So you started out playing baseball and you must've been, let me guess an outfielder had to have been. Oh yeah. Started out as the first baseman just because I was taller than everybody and I had better hand and I had good hands. I mean, height and good hand-eye coordination who would have thought I'd be a wide receiver right yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway so yeah no I played outfield I made the transition to outfield when I was middle school or something like that and I just loved playing outfield because it was you know I don't I don't know how to describe it like I, I had a every time I'd see a ball football or basket baseball or shit I don't even know like tennis ball in the air like I get a dopamine rush and want to go after and catch it so <laughs> it, 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 that's how it inevitably would kind of play out at least as far as the passion, the passions aspect is concerned. That's awesome. I wonder if there's a bit of dog in you. I mean, really, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, the tennis ball thing got you, huh? <laughs> right. Yeah. Kind of yeah. reminds me of my dog a little bit. Yeah. So I, those of you, too, that are watching this, we've got my cat in here today with us because uh, she's going to cry at the door. And yeah. So, Bella, welcome to the podcast. She's sleeping. Welcome. She's out cold, man. She's out cold. Good. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> there we go. So. Chris, did your parents, um, so a lot of parents really push their kids into sports and it gets to a point where it gets like ultra crazy. We're talking like competitive parents swearing all this kind of crazy stuff. Were your parents like that? Or they're like, if Chris wants to play, he can play kind of thing. Um, my parents were by no means the crazy travel parents. Like they were very much, um, they definitely weren't like kumbaya super holistic as that relates but like like they wanted us to like go and do it like develop at our own pace like my brother my brother didn't start playing travel ball until he was 12 or something like that maybe even maybe even a little bit older 10 or 11 or 12 i mean i never really played organized i didn't play club ball until i was in high school i mean to, to a certain degree like that was probably to my like detriment a little bit especially as far like getting on the circuit doing that kind of stuff but parent like my parents were super like laid back and they weren't like I said holistic in it they were just kind of you you love the game but like work your ass off to play the best you can you know I mean my brother and I are both very naturally gifted as far as athletics are concerned so it it was everything kind of came easy to us at least as far as like I mean you know when you're a kid and the intent as intangibles are concerned like you can catch you can hit you can run you can track by balls that kind of stuff you know yeah so yeah so my parents just kind of let us develop at that at that kind of leisure okay not putting in a half-assed effort if you're going to do something right yeah like if you're going to do something you need to put your all into it that could be riding a bike it could be hitting a baseball it could be getting your driver's license to anything your first job all of it no half-assed efforts there's nothing that comes nothing well here here, here's here's the way i look at this because i think that there's nothing in value nothing of value in life comes easy no 
You know, so in the only way to assure that you're going to achieve what you really want is by putting in 10x effort. And like, I hate saying, I, lo- I like the concept of 10x effort, but I got it from a book called The 10x Rule by Grant Cardone. And people have like mixed opinions on Grant Cardone because I think he's kind of like a salesman. But the, the, the principle itself is still very sound. So I like the principle. I hate the, the what's the word I'm looking for? Like the discrepancy of why people dislike or like the guy, you know? But anyways, yeah. the thing that I will say is that if you're not putting 100% effort into something, that probably is geared, I don't, I don't want to butcher this, so it probably gives you a pretty good understanding of what you don't want to do in your life. Yeah. For instance, like I was pre-law at USD. Some of the stuff, like I was good at it. Like I was really good. Like, I mean, but I hated writing the essays. Like I really hated it. It was just boring. I mean, I just didn't want to do it. Like, and it just came to the conclusion, like, okay, this just isn't what I want to do as far as going, being a lawyer or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, so it just gives you an indication, not going in 10 Xing effort, so to speak. It's going to hold you back as if it's, related to something that's valuable but you you have to also think about it from the perspective okay if i'm not really feeling this and not really passionate about this then this probably isn't something that i should be put like i should be really chasing and fully pursuing that makes sense yes 100 percent does yep absolutely another thing that got me was um i started working out later in life um I was probably 35, 36. Uh, I actually just built a home gym in my garage, got into lifting weights and stuff. Yeah, it's good times, right? I hate being in a gym. We can talk about that in a second. Yeah. Um, Basically, though, I started to compete with myself. And if I could Mm. do one thing one day and I could do it well, I'm going to do it again. And I'm going to keep going and keep beating myself and beating myself until I got to where I'm at right now. Did you find, you know, like, like some comments in that? Oh, a thousand percent, dude. Um, so a lot of my journey that I had, did it get, I mean, as far as USD is concerned, it's, it's competition within yourself because mm-hmm. there's no, but like when you're in junior college or when you're trying to get to SC or a school like SC with regards to all the people who want to go there. And for my experience and personally being so far behind the eight ball to get there. Like I had two knee surgery. I've had, I had one knee surgery in like my first week of playing organized high school football, which I didn't start until I was a senior in high school anyways. And that's just for a little bit of context. And I had almost no experience, no recruiting, yada, 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 all that kind of stuff. So I had such a huge mountain to climb and I was so far in my own lane, whether that be, whether that be by design or just because nobody else was there at that point, somebody yeah. like myself who was either crazy enough to believe that with the current skill set that I had at that point could play at USC which is like wild just to think about especially having known experience a lot of those times when you're in the gym by yourself or you're scheming to okay I need to do this that or this or when you're going to junior college and you're you're you know going to school school like no one's holding your feet to the fire so you really do begin to compete within yourself and like okay I'm hitting this way I want to hit this way by the next week I want to get to this way by the next week and then I want to make sure I'm running this fast or I want to go, I want to go to the, I want to go work out my receiver coach this many times, you know? So the idea you got to, there, there's important aspects of exterior competition, but the biggest critic and the biggest competition you'll ever face is within yourself. Yeah. I, I agree. hundred percent, hundred percent. I agree with that. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, 
that drives just what keeps me going through this, man. Oh yeah. Nobody, nobody will be able to, let me give, let me give you some, let me give some advice to and who, anybody who's listening and yeah. being, being, you know, being that we are inside the mind, <laughs> nobody will take you out quite like your own, your own, your own mind will. That's right. That's it. Nobody will take you out quite like your own mind will. Your own mind knows everything. Like it is, it is a supercomputer in your head. It knows yeah. all of your weaknesses, all of your strengths, all of your insecurities. And it will, it, there is not a comp, there is not a competitor, not a force, not a team on earth that will be able to take you out quite like your own psyche will. Exactly. And then your body will give up, you know, and, and your mind's got to overpower that because your body's yeah. going to tell you to quit all the time. It's going to say, I don't feel like it today. And, and mm-hmm. you either, you know, check in with your mind and follow through and set a goal or you just stop doing it, man. You give up. Have you read the book Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins? I know who David Goggins is, but I have not read that book. One of my favorite books that I read. And uh, I, I really do admire David Goggins. As it really said, I think he's a psycho. I love David Goggins yes. in that regard. You know, yeah. I mean, I just think I just think that he's one of those guys where somebody like myself who's now going into the new kind of aspect of what I'm doing in my life. Like, I don't want to be Goggins first, you know, but like you want to use what David Goggins yeah. uses in your own life. Yeah. And I think he's such a psycho in his work ethic. And my work ethic is like nuts to begin with. Mm-hmm. But when you add a component of like, okay, you've got the 40% rule or whatever it is. I mean, that just takes it up a notch from where you're like, he says being uncommon amongst the uncommon. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, Goggins is just a beast. That guy's insane. Absolutely insane. And just some of the injuries he's overcome, some of the things he's done. Um, so I just found out about him within the last year. And uh, yeah, I mean, I follow him on Instagram and it's, it's the, guy, the guy's insane. You know, no, I like David Goggins. <laughs> yeah, me too. He's yeah, he's pretty awesome. Um, so let's get into uh, a little bit about your, your you know, starting out playing football, I believe it was your, your, your senior year in high school. Oh yeah. <laughs> Take us through that. Everybody, let me give you some perspective. I mean, most kids are committed to USC by the time they're juniors or sophomores, except for the elite few who commit on like national signing day. Yeah. And that's because they have like seven other D1 offers or they've got their top five and they've got all their hats on the table and their whole school right there. You know, everyone's going, there. but, um, people are getting looks from USC from the time of like eighth grade. And now that people are even going on the circuit earlier, they're getting looks from when they're younger. Wow. But yeah, I mean, it's nuts, dude. but uh, yeah, I, I, I had gotten cut from the baseball team my junior year of high school and I was devastated by it, but I wasn't going to be soft about it. So I went to the gym the next day. And what I did was from there, I started working out, in the gym like crazy because what my intent was to be so good at baseball that they couldn't say no to me next year yeah so basically after that I decided okay I'm gonna pursue this and get really nasty at baseball I see but about three weeks later I see the football team coming in and they were just coming in off the spring practice and I see all these kids you know go to school with them and you know they always walk around with the big fucking gallons of water and they're all on the creatine yeah. like oh yeah man we're eating our breakfast burritos they throw their hoods up their airpods in like or their ear back then it was wired to ear pods 
and they all think that they're better than us. Like they all yeah. think they're better than everybody. But I saw these kids coming after spring practice. I'm like, these kids aren't all that. And you know, I mean, I consider myself like definitely a like a visionary. I won't say a visionary because it's like very very complimentary. Although I do believe dream big and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But my work ethic definitely always backs it up. But I I always see things like okay I know I don't doubt myself for a minute. So I I look at these kids. I'm like, you know what? I could be better than them if I put my mind to it. Yeah. So what I basically did after that is like, you know what? Screw it. I'm gonna I'm gonna play football. <laughs> and like I, I I've got good hands. I'm gonna give it a shot. So I persuade yeah. the uh, I go ahead and persuade the head football coach at that high school. And like, hey, coach. Like I told him. Like I lied about my height and weight on what on the email, but I don't think he was fooled anyways. <laughs> but um i tell him and i go meet with him he goes yeah dude if you want to cut out like and give it a shot let's do it yeah you know? and i'm like all right cool so i show up and on the first day of spring on summer workouts all these kids are looking at me like what are you doing here chris like <laughs> like you 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 wear like a sweater vest at school like and by the, like let me give you another like little bit of context i was like i was one of the biggest nerds for the first three years of high school so yeah. like it was it, it was like a real it was like a real 180 for sure <laughs> it was a real 180 that that's crazy man that's crazy so did you have like any intuition at all to play football before that like or is it just all baseball I was all baseball because that's what I love yeah I was it, it was it, it it's it's so so such a given at this point to say but I was so much better at football than I was at baseball. Wow. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, I mean, well, I mean, look, I ended up playing wide out at USC. Like, yeah. and, I, and I got cut from the J from the uh, varsity team my junior year. Yeah. At baseball. So, you know, I mean, I just, I was just better at football. Like, and I yeah. think anybody would agree with that, but um, yeah, no, I, I, I had intuition as to what I wanted to do once I got in that grind mode. And once I got into that kind of process, yeah, absolutely. But once I was a, uh, when I was kind of just playing ball or whatever not really I mean I was like yeah I mean I like football like I've played always had good hands and that kind of stuff but that was really that was really the only intuition I had about it yeah so this is a crazy thought and I'm sure you thought it in the past is if that coach never cut you from the baseball team your football I mean USC that probably never would have happened that's the fucking worst that's that's like the scariest but the most true thought I hate yeah. like I hate Dude, you know, I mean, there's just times where you look back and like, no matter how much you get mad at a certain situation or like, God, why is this happening? Yeah. You you honestly can't like think. I, I can't like detach like, fuck, man. Like, there's there's something out there. Like, like yeah. at least as far you know, I mean, like at least from my perspective, no matter how mad you can get at certain points, like. And I'm like, I'm very advanced in like why I believe what I believe and that kind of stuff. But yeah, like from a very elementary level, like it's almost so crazy to, it's almost like impossible to like consider that such a negative can lead to such a positive without some sort of intervention. Yeah. There's definitely, yeah, we can talk about that too, Chris. Yeah. Uh, there, there's definitely other forces at work when it comes to these things. And, and whether or not, you know. Yeah, you're right, bro. You're absolutely right. Like, the other forces, I, I believe to be God. Like, I believe that is God. Yeah. Like, Chris, you're not going to make the, the varsity baseball team your junior year, but 
boy, do I tell you what, you're going to play wide receiver USC. I mean, even then, I would have been like, all right, I believe it, but what the hell? So when you look around and you see people struggling, and, and, and there's a lot of that right now, just the way the world is right now, and it's getting a lot worse, and it's probably going to get worse. These people need these forces to, to help them. How come it doesn't mm. happen? You know? You know, that's the inevitable question. That's something that I, I, as well as my brother, have struggled with. And I'm really glad you asked me this question because I've been on some faith podcasts too, and it's all hunky-dory, like, oh, God did this, God did this in your life. But no one really ever looks at, like, the, the depths of what people actually go through. Yeah. And I've been going through my own struggles, dude. Like, I've had some really hard struggles recently. And it's like, I, I it's, it's, it, it can almost bring tears to my eyes because no matter how mad I get at a certain situation, I can't help but like think like there, let me give you some, let me give you an example. Like one we just talked about was obviously getting cut from baseball, but like yeah. I, I'm moving on to a different aspect of my life now and had that the opportunity that I've been working in prior, not kind of fallen gone belly up to a degree. Yeah. I wouldn't be going at this new aspect. Yeah. But the, it's so easy for Christians in particular. And I, I got into an argument with a Christian on t- another Christian guy on TikTok recently, because I call these, like, I call these like very like naive Christians, coffee shop Christians, because they sit in their coffee shops, highlight their Bible, 11 different freaking highlighter colors. They sit there and with all this kind of stuff. And you have no idea what it's like to struggle in your faith. Yeah. And it drives me insane because it gives the faith such a soft look. And, but to answer your question, I can't, unless God, which I don't believe to be like that. I've, I've listened to thousands of apologetics videos, read books, all that kind of stuff. God either is a moral monster, meaning like yep. he allows some people to struggle or not, yep. or he has, or he has to recognize, or you have to recognize like there is an order and process by which people who are in positions, like I believe myself to be in, like, I really cannot wait to get to the point where I'm able to help these people all around the world and talk yep. because it's people love to use the example like okay let me god can push his finger and use that and use like okay i'm just, he's gonna wave his finger and there's gonna be rain in the serengeti or this kind of stuff yep. the reality god does a, a bunch of amazing work through people and think about it like you can there's the atheist and a lot of people say okay would you rather have prayer or would you rather have uh god is or rather prayer or a doctor it's like well god works through doctors god can work through people yeah and that's you know so like it's 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 a question that i really can't answer because one i'm not god yeah but two like i, I mean the the apologetics answer is like okay if there's struggles and such like that then you know like there's got to be a reason for it and it's tough to like rationalize that with people yeah. but at the same point like I understand why people don't have a certain that because that requires a level of faith that some people don't have. Yeah. And I don't, I don't blame them for having that faith but yeah. this morning. Like, like I, and I don't mean to be too long winded in this particular no, it's question, good, man. but yeah, no, but like I've, I have a lot to say because I've been really struggling recently, not yeah. so much in like my faith, so to speak, but maybe, maybe yeah, definitely in my faith, but like, I'm, I'm just going to be open and transparent. Like I've been struggling. 100%, man. Bit. Yeah. But at the, at the same, I think that, I got a message this morning or yesterday morning um, 
from a podcast that I had recently been on. And uh, I, I was, I'm not sure if you listen to any of my prior shows, but I had yeah. been like pretty outward about my faith and what I believe and stuff like that. Yeah. But like recently, like I, like I said, like I've been really struggling with this kind of stuff. And out of nowhere, one of the hosts hit me up. And this podcast is called Juvie Podcast. And any teenager that may or may not be listening should go check this out. Like it is an amazing podcast. Yeah. And what they did is this girl, I don't know where she's from. I don't know if she's from, I, oh, she's actually from New York, I think. Just reg- regardless of that. She was like, her dad died or something like that. And she just stopped going to church and stopped believing in God because like a lot of people, when they have struggles and stuff like that, it's, it's, it's easy. Like, it's very, like, I don't blame them. Like, how could God take away your dad or your brother or whatever, you know? Yeah. And it's very, very like rational to believe that. Like, I don't know where the hell I would be if God took away my brother, you know, or like, or my girlfriend, mm. love of my life, like, or your parents yeah. or whatever, right? My, yeah. What parents, absolutely. Whoever it is, yeah. it's close to you. Yeah. I don't know where I would be, you know, but at the yeah. same point, this girl happened to find their podcast on TikTok, I believe, because they're pretty big on TikTok. They, uh, and the first video that, or the first podcast she listened to was mine. Wow. And, yeah. and she, and she goes and listens to my, my story and my faith. And she's like, she emails them and tells them that the, my story and my faith caused her to go back to church and become a believer. Wow. And I heard wow. that and in the context of all the shit that I've been dealing with, as far as like faith or life or whatever's concerned, I started crying when I heard that. Yeah. Yeah. I heard, I started crying, dude. Like it, yeah. it's, I'm like, I'm not like, I'm like welling up a little bit right now, but just thinking about it, but it's, it's, I'm like, how can I doubt that? Like there, there is this God, like who, who I am like, it's so tough to materialize into words yeah. but at the same time. Like, that's such a, that's such a like amazing feeling knowing that you helped kids yeah. in particular, you know, or helped anybody in that matter. Yeah. Like that's, that's like this whole idea of purpose too. I mean, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are very love to use, like, let me, let me actually, let me give you another example. I might be, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm taking this. No man, go ahead. We're path. good, man. We're good. Every, We're good. All these, like I said, the coffee shop Christians, and I bet like if some of them listen to this, they're going to come at my fucking neck, but <laughs> I, I'll tell you what, all those, all those Christians were like, they're very self-righteous in their own regard. So I'm not really super concerned about it anyway. Yeah. Um, anyway, so they, uh, a lot of kids like in particular, whatever they say, like, Oh, have faith. You know, if someone told me, like, if my mom, like you said, I think your mom, you said someone had cancer in your family, a couple of people had cancer in your family. Yeah. If someone came up to me and said, oh, Chris, you just got to have faith. I basically tell them to go F themselves. Like, yeah, you, you like you have such an as much as it might may be true, as much of a believer as I am, there's no possible situation where hearing it from somebody else, especially somebody who really doesn't know what they believe, why they believe what they believe is probably the most impersonal thing that you could say, no matter how true it is. Yeah. Yeah. Like if, like if if you and I are having this conversation, like, look, man, like I completely understand. I have no idea why, like there's a level of faith you've got to have, but like, it's, it's, it's so impersonal just to be like, okay, God's got it or God's or have faith. It's just so impersonal because it just completely, they go on with their day after they after they say it to you, and then you're just kind of sitting there with your own issues. Like, 
thinking, okay, why am I believing this? What am I doing? You know, no matter how true it may be and no matter how big of a victory there might be at the other side. Yeah. But it is what it is. And Chris, to think that I'm assuming one of the reasons why you're doing podcasts is to help people achieve their goals. And to think that you inadvertently helped a girl with such, you know, to getting back into, to finding God. And that, that would, that was probably never your game plan. And, and it happened. I mean, that's got to give you an amazing feeling, you know, it's the most, it really is, dude. It really is Ryan. Cause like one of my goals in my life is to help kids in particular yeah. in a bunch of different ways. Yeah. I think that whether it be achieving goals or teaching or like creating programs for financial literacy or just being, or within the faith too. I mean, there's so many different things that, or, I mean, if you go abroad, there's so many issues of hunger and drought yeah. in all the world. And I want to be that person who inevitably goes and assuages that pain. You know, I want to yeah. do that for kids. Like, yeah. and to think that like, why, why, like, why certain bad things happen? It's like, I could never answer that. But Chris, at the same- Sorry to cut you off, man. This is, this, this is where this gets me. Cause I was just thinking about mental health. Um, I work with people with mental health and drug addictions for, for, for work. Um, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't go too far into, into things, but there was a 13 year old girl um, who was struggling with, with suicide. And, and when I heard that dude, it, I, like I, when I first, first met the girl, I thought, wow, she's such a, a, an awesome girl. She reminds me of my daughter. She's friendly. She's polite. She's funny just the way she carried herself reminded me of my daughter and, and something came out and, and, and it, she's, she was suicidal and she would come to me and talk to me and I would ask her how her day was. And she would be like, Oh, I had a terrible day. I've been thinking these thoughts. And I was like, like, Holy fuck, dude, part of my language. But I was like, I can't. right. So I'm like, it's a, it's a digging, tough one, digging, dude. digging in my toolbox. What can I find? What can I give? And it was actually, Pictures of my cat and my dog is what got a smile on her face. Oh. <laughs> right? So my cat yeah. looks pissy and cranky in every single picture. And she found that funny. I'm like, look, Bella looks cranky. <laughs> look, Bella looks mad. Look at Bella's doing this. And then the same with my dog. And she'd walk up to me and she's like, did you take any more pictures of Bella and Bruce today for me? And I'd be like, yeah, and just show them to her and just be there for her. And, you yeah. know, the thought, her saying that she would get picked on in school and would never was given a chance, a chance. You know, like it was like tugging at me, dude. And yeah, it's just, it's crazy, dude. To to hear a 13 year old say that I'm suicidal is the last thing on earth I ever want to hear again. And you know, it it is terrible. And and it, and it starts younger than that, man. No, I know, dude. It's just becoming a real issue, especially like, I think a lot of it has to do with certain aspects of social media. I think there's a time and place, or I think there is a good amount of good things that can come from social media like but at the same point there's just so much toxicity out there people are trying to be different things and trying to be this when they're so young or when they're 14 or you know it's like I can't help but think that like there's a lot of mental health implications regarding or surrounding social media and it's like it's so proven but at the same point it's also so so integral in our daily lives that it's almost not going anywhere yeah. It's just, it's just, you got to figure out a way, you got to figure out way, a way to adapt to it. Yeah. And you think too, like when I went home from school, I mean, I was born in 78, I graduated in 96. 
when I went home from school, that was it. You never talked to anybody if you didn't want to, unless they phoned you, you were, that was it. So now yeah. kids, they don't get a break from any of it because of social mm -hmm. media, yeah. you know, it, it's just, it's just nonstop. And I couldn't even imagine dealing with that shit, man. No, you dude. Know? No, I understand that. Like sometimes those biggest valleys can lead to the highest mountains too, though. Yeah. You know, and that's where I think that regardless of like, this is like, like I told you, I'm very like, I don't want to say like advanced in my faith to make myself sound like sanctimonious or whatever. Yeah. But if I'm coming to someone on like an elementary, very general basis level, like yeah. you can see like aspects of like a huge valley and then a huge up, like those are aspects where like, okay, there has to be something else at play. And I believe that to be, you know, God. And I, and I Ryan, like, I appreciate the fucking question you just asked me, dude. The struggle <laughs> question. Not. I've been wanting, to, I've been wanting to answer these kind of questions because it's so important. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's such, such a thing that so many people just love to brush over, even though it is so, so like, why is there so much struggle? It's like, I can't answer that question. I never yeah. will be able to. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to use the things that God gave me and my inherent desire to help people to try and pacify that in any way in any person that i can 100 man i i totally agree and that that's what the show's all about that's what this podcast is about too dante and i ran a whole episode on um, our our own personal struggles with mental health and it was an amazing mm -hmm. show i don't know if you've seen that yet uh but definitely check that one out because okay. him and i have both dealt with stuff like that you know and everybody yeah. does unfortunately and people need to know that there's avenues and people care to talk to them and there's you know yeah yeah i agree it's, i know. agree yeah it's crazy another crazy story for you actually um and this gets into um i don't know if you think that and you probably would agree that we all have angels at our sides of all at all times do you agree yeah, with that i mean yeah i think that like god can send angels and send the spirit to guide you and protect you and keep you out of situations i was watching a video the other day about this one about the Nashville bombing, a security guard was walking on the street and he said that God said, turn around and he walked around. And then that down that street was the car that blew up on Christmas last year. Wow. So it's like, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of that kind of stuff and yeah. all the stuff where you get pissed off that you're in traffic or it's like, maybe if I was five minutes left, five minutes yeah. earlier, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't make it home that night. Or, you yeah. know, I mean, there's a lot of different stuff where whether I mean whether it becomes mundane to a certain point because you experience it so many different times mm -hmm. where you're like okay it's just maybe yeah like I went that turn went that way when I should have went this way you know I mean thank goodness I went this way not that way or that way because yeah. you don't know what's down those I mean could be nothing but it could be something exactly and, you know you you just don't know no I got a crazy story for you and this is how it was proven to me that we have angels with us all the time uh, mm -hmm. Back in back in 2001, I was uh, I was in a really bad construction accident, and I fell 45 feet off a balcony at work. Holy cow! Uh, my lifeline failed, um, and I actually fell and and I landed in a wheelbarrow. Okay, so that wheelbarrow saved my life. Holy number cow. one, the tire was underinflated, so it totally took the compression of my fall, and this is where my angel comes in. That morning at 7:30. Uh, we were prepping for the day at work. We were pulling out the tools and getting set up. I grabbed the wheelbarrow full of tools and I brought it out and set it where I had set it. Okay. We wow. emptied the wheelbarrow, used up the tools, whatever it was empty. At 1230, lunch was over. I walked by that wheelbarrow 
and something went off in my head and told me to move it. And then something else said, no, don't just leave it. You don't need to do that right now. 10 minutes later, I landed in that wheelbarrow. I saved my own life. Holy I'm not even shit. making that up. That's hundred percent true. Wow. It's insane. If I, oh if I had God. put that wheelbarrow anywhere else, I would have hit concrete. I would have been dead. I landed in that freaking wheelbarrow, dude. I saved my own life. That's unreal. So if, if that's wow. not an example of angels being with you and, and there being other forces at play, I don't know what is, man. I don't know what is either, dude. I mean, that's a, that's a compelling testimony. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, that's like you get those things and like you can debate any aspect of faith all day long until the cows come home. But those yep. kind of things where, you know, you have your miracle-based experience, your out-of-body experiences, or the situation like yours when you're just sitting there and an inch to the left and you're, comp- yeah. you're flat on the ground. Yeah. I don't know how you could get around. I don't know how you could get around that. It's insane, dude. So I landed feet first. Um, I hit my head on the balcony on the way down, knocked myself unconscious, thankfully. So I was loose when I hit the ground, right? It was yeah. all tense. I wrapped my left leg around my neck this way. So my ankle was over here, broken femur, collapsed lung, seven broken ribs. And then wow. um, I had a fat embolism in the hospital and some blood clots. And they told my family I had a one in four chance of living after falling 45 feet and living. So they, they, were, they were right in the ticket, dude. I was done. And, and I pulled through. And, and now, I deal, was, blood, now oh. I deal with blood clots on the daily. That just started in my 40s. But it's just, it's, the whole thing was insane, dude. Like, just like, I, I need to write it. I need to reach out to somebody and write a book on it. Like, seriously, because it's. Dude, it's I'm insane. sure that there are several different publications that would love to tell that story. I need to find one. I'm sure. If you know anybody, books, if you run into anybody, anybody, remember to keep that in the back of your head. Definitely will. Definitely will. So let's hear about your, uh, we kind of got sidetracked a little bit. Um, you had your injury in high school football, like right off the hop and, uh, t- you know, take us through that door. The door seemed to be closed before it was <laughs> even opened. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, you, you, you sit there and you're like, all right, shit. I mean, you know, I mean, I was so immature in my understanding of football and injuries that I thought like, okay, maybe I could, maybe my body's going to really hook it up and really this heal an ACL in three months. Yeah. That's not how that works. But, no. um, so I tried it, you know, I ended up tearing my meniscus on senior night, but at the same point, like it's what needed to happen because on that night, and this is another crazy example of like, you know, God thing for sure. And by the way, I give all glory to God for my journey. I do. Yeah. But at the same time, like that night where I suited up for senior night, I, I was out there and that night set my course for the play at USC. I, I, I just was on the field. There's this me and the guy in front of me, whoever the defensive back was. And I look around at the stands and you can't see shit except for this black. And it's just like, you're almost in a bubble. And I don't know if that's like the psychological implications of it, or it's like actually how the lights fell down. But yeah. at the same time, I felt so good out there. And I was like, there's no way I can be done. And my brother came up to me after the game and said, Chris, like you look so good out there. You can't be done. You got to keep playing. Yeah. And it, it didn't get become clear until after I got surgery, I got the operating table and I said to myself, you know what? I'm playing football at USC and that's final. Wow. So I just kept, yeah. So I just went from there and <clears throat> I guess the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> how, 
your coaches weren't involved in, in saying you need to rest this injury that you, you know, that you wouldn't be coming back that fast. Like, how does that work where you're like, I can just, I can just, I can just play with this. The high school like, coaches that I had really didn't give a shit. Like they, they, they kind of wrote, they, I mean, look, I'll, the head coach of the high school, I'll always, always give props to coach Doyle and his son's a good dude too. But all the other assistant coaches, like I, it was kind of like a, they're almost playing on house money with me. Like I came in as a senior and I was kind of out within like the first three months. So it's like, all right, you know, nothing ventured, nothing gained. There's not a huge L there. Yeah. But at the same point, like they didn't take me seriously as a football player. And then that's why I kind of, I don't want to say I hold resentment or hold a grudge, but like to all, a lot of those kids, a lot of those assistant coaches who love the shit on me, like I, like I, I, I hold, I don't want to say I hold it because you're not really supposed to do that, especially in the face, but like, I, I feel that way towards them for a particular reason. Yeah. That, does that make sense? I mean, the coaches yeah. really didn't care. Yeah. The only one, I mean, I didn't get the playbook until like September and I, I had been asking for it since June. So, <laughs> no, it's like, it's like they, they really wow. didn't give a shit. So, yeah. so back to the point of, you know, I mean, you got to be your own competition because you, you can compete with everybody. And I was beating the fucking guys I was playing against. Like, you know, you go in the one-on-ones and I'm like, all right, I've never done this before, but it just looks like you just got to run the route and get open. Yeah. And then, you know, you get better and you're just like running routes against the kids and like you're, you're routing these fools and you're going against the top receivers. Like, okay, you're going route for route. And it's like, look, if I had the freaking playbook, like, like I'm, I'm beating, I'm like, I'll, I'll be, I'm better than you guys. And I, I don't even have the playbook. I have to actually yeah. play it before the fucking huddle, like yeah. after the huddle. So it's like, you got to compete with yourself no matter yeah. how much, how, how little or how much the coaches are involved in that, in your game, no matter how little or how much. So how do you keep giving yourself the only person giving a chance of you playing was you. <laughs> So how do how do you how do you tune out the haters? Don't listen to them when they're obviously telling you you're not going to play. You can't do this. You can't do that. How, how do you make anything out of that? You really, I would love to say that it's as easy as just like put your blinders on. But I'm sorry. To, I'm let me tell you to say this right now. Like you hear every bit of it, and and anybody will. Like if you ask Bryce Young, the quarterback at Alabama, who's getting hated on after throwing an interception or the guy who lost the national championship for somebody for, by throwing a pick six or whatever it is. Yeah. You, no matter what it is, you're going to read your Instagram comments. No matter what it is, you're going to look on Twitter. No matter yeah. what it is, you're going to hear from these idiots who are jawing at you and saying, Oh, Chris doesn't go to SC. Chris, Chris doesn't can no way play at USC. They invite people to walk on Chris. You've got no shot. You hear every bit of that, whether that be to your face or behind your back. Mm-hmm. And what I'm going to tell you to do is like, you have to listen to it, not because it's true, but because there's something that you may get from it. Yeah. You may, you may understand like these, like these kids are not coming from a position of love at all, but you can take that. Like all these kids hated on me or all these kids are yada, 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 say whatever they want to say. And you use that every time I go onto a field, every fucking time. And I'm not trying to curse a whole lot, but I, I find myself <laughs> doing a little bit. Every time I go on a field, I would think about that day where every one of those kids laughed at me to my face. Yeah. They laughed at me to my face when I said I was thinking about walking on at USC. I was in the locker room at my high school. Every single one of those kids laughed at me. Wow. And I'll never forget that. And I've said it a bunch of times on a couple different shows, but 
that's that's how you're able to move on from it. You you take those kind of moments or you take those kind of comments or whatever it is, you use those to drive you. Yeah. Because those kind of that kind of shit. Excuse me. Sorry, I've got the hiccups. That kind of shit is what really can give you that edge that you may or may not have had before because that is what gave me my edge. Wow. Yeah, exactly. You take that hate and you turn it into fuel and you light a rocket with it and you go as far as you can go, right? You know, who knows? Maybe you'll end up playing receiver at USC. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And we're talking right now with somebody who, who used that fuel and, and got to playing receiver at USC, which is crazy. Um, that's one hell of a story, Chris. Um, Thank you, man. It's one hell of a story. So what is in the future for you? I've been, I, I, you know, it's, I studied law and real estate while I was at USC and I've had some amazing opportunities in both, you know, I mean, I, I, I am part, like I'm part of a really awesome entertainment group right now, like an entertainment company makes some really awesome content and compelling stories and awesome, awesome scripts and screenplays and that kind of stuff. And I think that, I, I have very high hopes for it, but at the same point, like I know that I'm going to be successful in whatever I end up doing. I yeah. just know that I won't let myself not achieve my goals, no matter yeah. what it is, big or small. I'll never, yeah. I, I'm, and that's the thing too. Like I know I can bet on myself and just about anything. Put me in the mailroom and I end, I'll end up in the print, uh, the president's office. And I guarantee that. Yeah. So, so I, I'm, I'm going to stay in entertainment and I, I, you know, you just never know what the future holds, though. Exactly. I think a big thing for me right now and over the last year was, I like to call it faking it till you make it. And <laughs> uh, for me was, I mean, I started this podcast because there was going to be no CFL season. And I would always go to the Saskatchewan Rough Rider games in Vancouver to see Mike Eden play. And mm -hmm. I would meet with Mike uh, outside of the stadium and I would try and think of things I could say to Mike to talk about i mean if you're going to meet a football player what the hell are you going to talk about so i think of yeah. questions to ask mike anyways the cfl season got canceled and i wasn't going to be able to hang outside the stadium anymore so i was listening i think to joe rogan podcast or something in my basement and all of a sudden the light bulb went off in my head and said start a podcast so i was like okay I, I, I can do this there and so i started reaching out to players to get them on the podcast and people started accepting yeah i'll come on i'll come on i'll come on and I thought about bailing out, but a couple of the guys were like, you know what? Just do it, man. Just see how far you can go with it. Yeah. With, see how like, far you can go. Right. Just zero background in any kind of communications, any kind of nothing. Um, I learned how to edit my own podcast videos on Adobe premiere. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I talked to you about meeting Dante doing a show with him and now we team up and we're doing shows together and then going to school and learning, you know, web development, build my own website. Like it's just, just keep faking it, man. And I'm going to keep making it. That's just how it goes. There you go. Just keep getting after it. Just keep yeah. getting after it. And I can guarantee you this. <clears throat> I can guarantee for a lot. I mean, like in regards to that, I can guarantee you to anybody that's listening that when you put your fucking nose to the grindstone and you just multiply your efforts in anything, I guarantee you that the best result or a freaking really good result will come from that. Yeah. That is something I can guarantee for sure. 100%. I totally agree. And, and it, I don't want to keep you too much longer, but these kids that don't seem to have drive to do anything anymore, that scares me, dude. They're going to be running our countries. 
<laughs> the more ambitious ones will. Yes, definitely the more ambitious ones. And the ones who aren't so ambitious, well, I hope you find your ambition because you're going to need it, right? Yeah, absolutely. They'll, they, I, ho- I hope for the best for everybody like that. Me too. Everybody, I think everyone will inevitably hit their stride. And once they do, the real question is if you ever take that for granted or ever look back. That's right. Chris, this has been a blast, man. I thank you for coming on. Uh, this has been a great conversation. And I would love to have you back on in the future with Dante if you're you know, willing to do it. I'd love, no, absolutely. I'd love to run a part two for sure. Definitely, man. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Inside the Minds podcast with Dante Marsh and Ryan Hyde. Check out our Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter accounts to see our upcoming show announcements, links to our previous shows, and sound bites. And don't forget to hit that follow button while you're there. Hey, this is Logan Bandy. Hi, this is Zane Frazier. This is Art Jimerson. Chris Raining. This is Boots Electric. And thank you for joining me on my special guest spot on Inside the Minds podcast, where everybody wants to be if they're smart. Good field position start, play action. First going to load it up, but he's short on the throw. Intercepted. Dante Marsh has his 30th career interception and a good return back into Ottawa territory. Well, the usually strong arm Henry Burris comes up short.